Welcome to the Fit and Fierce podcast, a show to inspire and empower you and remind you that we're all a little messed up and that's okay. I'm your host, Megan, and in my personal journey, I realized that the fiercest thing I ever did was ask for help. I no longer wanted my story to rule me. I was going to own it and share it. And as I bring you the stories of these amazing women, I want you to remember that being flawed doesn't make you less, it makes you more. Welcome back, everybody. Today, my guest is Dr. Amy Sopola. And the way that I would describe Amy is she is literally a superhuman. And I don't say that lately. You will, you will find out very, very soon exactly what I'm exactly what I'm talking about. But Amy is a clinical pharmacist. She has a Bachelor of Science in Nutrition. She just finished her fellowship with honors in integrative medicine from the Academy of Integrative Health and Medicines. She's completed training in functional medicine. She's a certified wellness coach, a Reiki practitioner, a yoga instructor, and an Ayurvedic yoga specialist. Oh yeah, wait. She is a mother of two young ones. She has the most beautiful garden you've ever seen. She's a cook, a wife, a friend, and that enough. Like, oh my gosh, how do you even juggle that? And then you meet her and she has the most warm and beautiful and caring smile. I've never seen her look anything but welcoming and flawless. She just brings so much calm and so much positive energy to any situation and you're going to love her. Like, how can you not? Like, first of all, I just need to ask, like, what secrets does she use to tackle all of this and how does she do it so well? We will dive into all of it and so much more. You guys are going to love this episode. Hi, Amy. Thank you so much for joining me today. I cannot wait to chat with you more. Thanks for having me. I love your show, and I'm excited to talk with you, too. Well, thank you. I would like you to, because you know you best, go ahead and tell our listeners a little snapshot of who is Amy. All right. So I am a clinical pharmacist, and I'm trained in integrative and functional medicine. Um, I'm a mother of two, so I have a, a four-month-old and a three-year-old, so I'm very busy. Busy, busy yes. to say the least. <laughs> yes, and then I, um, I'm a certified yoga instru- instructor, Reiki practitioner, I have a degree in nutrition, <laughs> all that sort of stuff. <laughs> I love it. I love listening to your your description of who you are and everything you are. I think every time we talk, I find out some new thing that you are into and certified in and passionate about and how you do it all. I literally have no idea. (laughs) Well, thanks. Yeah. I love learning and I don't know. It's kind of a passion of mine. That's a good passion to have. Absolutely. Can you tell us a little bit, what is, integrative medicine and what is functional medicine? Yes. So integrative medicines kind of the best of everything. So from around the world, the things that work, you know, um, whether that's acupuncture, massage, herbal medicine, um, kind of allopathic traditional medicine, um, whatever it is that works best, you know, for that indication, bringing it together um, to treat 
the whole person. Um, and then functional medicine is a more structured approach. Often it incorporates integrative medicine, but it's using kind of a system, uh, systematic process. Um, and they say systems biology to understand the root cause of a disease or an illness um, by really going upstream and looking at what's the cause versus just how to treat the symptoms. It just seems like, and to me, maybe because I really firmly believe in that approach, but like that just seems like such a more logical approach and a more well-rounded approach if you're really tackling the root of the issue instead of just constantly treating symptoms. Yes. And that's, people are always amazed by just how effective it is. Once you actually discover what's really causing it, there's a sense of relief there. Um, and you can actually make a lot of headway versus, you know, just taking a medication, for example, for blood pressure that just treats the blood pressure while you're taking it, but it's really not fixing anything mm -hmm. because if you stop taking it, your blood pressure is going to go up again. Mm-hmm. And I would think too, you know, there's a lot of symptoms that I think sometimes can be really nonspecific, you know, whether that's fatigue or lightheaded or whatever that is, like muscle aches and pains. So to, to not almost feel like you're crazy or there's something wrong with you if you're really digging into maybe what's really happening and going on. Exactly. And that's, you know, symptoms are red flags and we have to listen to ourselves. And too often those things are brushed over. But when you go outside of the silos um, and really look more broadly, the symptoms are often all related. Mm -hmm. um, so we, we often say most things start in the gut, you know, and you can trace anxiety, depression, all sorts of things, all back to gut health. So, and I would think too, there's probably if your if your treatment plan is really digging into the root cause, it's probably alleviating a lot of need for a lot of medications. Like I know so many people are in so many medications, but sometimes are those things often interconnected? Right. Absolutely. So I think that when you get to the root cause, then you can really understand what an appropriate treatment is. Um, and it may not be that you, and it often isn't that you would stop everything right away, but as you begin to heal and nourish the body and kind of come back into balance, a lot of times you find those medications just aren't necessary anymore because you have got into the root cause and are able to kind of correct whatever's, you know, out of whack. Mm -hmm. And is functional medicine with my understanding, and please correct me if I'm wrong or explain it better. It's kind of a meld of both Eastern and Western medicine. So it's not dismissing pharmaceutical medication by any means. Right. Exactly. They often say, you know, with depression, it's not that you have a Prozac deficiency, right? It's, mm -hmm. you know, it's more than that. And so functional medicine um, uses a lot more of um, genomics and um, that being like genomics on how your body understanding kind of the processes of how you metabolize things um, and how everyone's different in that to some degree. Um, and then um, you can even look at nutrigenomics, like how you're using um, various nutrients. So that's where like um, things like 
the MTHFR mutation and how people use folic acid come into play. Um, and because of that, sometimes people have high homocysteine and then they'll have increased risk of, you know, heart uh, disease and inflammation and things like that. So um, I don't know if I'm answering your question, but <laughs> no, you are. I mean, it's just that approach of like, we're all interconnected, like our body is completely interconnected. Yes. And yeah, so we can meld the two of that together. It's not dismissing one or the other. It's how we can make, make that work together in the best outcome for the patient. Yes. And one thing that you mentioned was that functional medicine does include integrative medicine. So a lot of the functional medicine treatments really revolve around lifestyle. So it's using massage, using acupuncture, using, you know, herbs or supplements potentially, um, to help find, um, that place where, you know, you're healing. Have you always been more holistic in your thinking and your thought process and your lifestyle? Yes. So I think I kind of grew up that way. We grew up next to the woods and, you know, spending a lot of time in nature and at the lake. And, um, I've always been really connected with nature and, then as I grew up, I really got into nutrition and like sports and was interested in kind of the effect nutrition has on your body and your performance and all that. And then um, even when I decided to become a pharmacist, I wasn't going into it thinking like really about um, the drug piece as much as I was hoping that I could use my degree in nutrition to help people understand how nutrition really could help them minimize the use of medications and improve, you know, their wellness. Um, so I was looking at it in a little bit of a reverse way. Um, but yeah. And that's, that's what I was going to ask. Like, that's a perfect lead into, do you feel like there's a discord between your, your job as a clinical pharmacist and the holistic way that you live your life and really believe and so strongly in? Yeah, you know, sometimes there is. Sometimes people <laughs> want no part of mm-hmm. lifestyle intervention. <laughs> so, and, you know, to each their own. But then I often find patients um, who are really excited that I understand, you know, say herbal medicine or supplements or whatever else um, and can kind of bring a more holistic approach. And those people are who I generally connect with and end up, you know, working with. And how valuable for them too, because I feel like there's so, I mean, in anything, I mean, we can find information on any and everything. So I think herbs and supplements can be hard to decipher. They can be hard to know what is actually a quality product and what is not a quality product. Yes, that's a huge part of it is understanding, you know, and what's safe and what's not, what sort of drug interactions can there be there's so much to it Mm -hmm. and one of the things that I am really interested in hearing a lot more from you about is your passion and your interest that you have with Ayurveda and Mm -hmm. how you use and implement that so first of all what is it (laughs) (laughs) so it's called the sister science to yoga and that's how I kind of got into it um but it's basically an ancient Indian system of healing. Um, and it's a, it's actually considered a medical system. Um, so it's 
the words kind of describe it the best. So Ios is life and Veda is knowledge. So it's kind of the knowledge of life, basically. Um, and the Ios actually means union of mind, body, senses, and soul. So it's kind of about energy and vitality and nourishment. Um, it's really, it's, it really makes a lot of sense, I guess, once you understand it. And so I use it just in my, you know, personally, I use it um, in how I live my life. Um, and we'll talk probably in a little bit about kind of some daily practices and yeah. rituals around that. Um, but also in how I view food and nutrition. Um, and I use it in how I work with patients. A lot of really common um, problems like heartburn um, can be imbalances um, in what are called the doshas. And that's kind of like your uh, constitution. What are the doshas? So there's um, three of them, and they're made up of the five elements. And so the first one's Vada, and it is air and ether. So it's those people who are kind of light, um, cheery, happy, you know, smaller frame. Um, it's basically the best way to describe it. Then and when I think of this, you guys might not, if you don't know Amy, like this is Amy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Cheery, light, small friend, like to a T. You don't even have to take an assessment to know. Like, this is who Amy is. Yes. And you are spot on. That is what it says. <laughs> yes. Take the dosha quiz. Yes. I didn't even have to guess on that one. Yes. And then Pitta is the next one. And that's fire and water. And that one is the person who is really driven. So if you think of someone motivated, driven, probably really um, active, um, maybe loses their temper easily, just runs warm. Mm -hmm. um, that would be this person. And I would guess that you maybe could be a little pit up. Uh, yeah, like very much so. <laughs> very, very much so. Yeah, good call. I run hot often. Yes. And, you know, and people can be a combination too is a really good point. So you, ideally, you want to be in a balanced state. So you want to be a little bit of all of these. Um, and then sometimes people get out of balance and are really a lot more one than the other. Um, but everybody's some combination. Um, and then Kapha is the third one and that's water and earth. So these are those people who are like warm and fuzzy. Like you think of your grandma that makes you cookies and like <laughs> is sweet and lovely and just like usually a little bigger framed and just like, you know, those wonderful warm people who um love like the sweetness and are very grounded sometimes have troubles with energy and you know getting moving often struggle with congestion um but that's a kapha it's interesting somebody once said to me that um you know sometimes what we think are our greatest attributes or our strengths can really be our weaknesses and i feel like that's a to a T identifying like what happens when your dosha is out of balance, like when it's imbalanced, like those things work really well for you. But when and it's imbalanced, that's when there's that discord. Exactly. That's, I think that is really the crux of it with the doshas. And that's what understanding it helps you to see is and understand about yourself and others is, you know, when I'm in balance, you know, I feel great. These are these great qualities about me. I really am like in my flow. Right. And then you get out of balance and 
maybe some of those negative attributes come out. Um, but it gives you a system to kind of understand that and see it. Awesome. And so you had mentioned a lot about kind of looking at nutrition in that. How does nutrition play into your doshas or just that in our Ayurveda in general? Yeah. So what they recommend is that um, you try to get six tastes in all your meals. And so the six tastes are sweet, which would be like thinking of dates, um, milk, bananas, you know, cooked veg, like cooked root vegetables, sweet things, which we have no problem in the standard American yeah. diet of getting. I was going to say, <laughs> when you say sweet taste, like the things that you labeled off, I think of as sweet, but I don't think that maybe like a whole lot of people <laughs> would say, like, yeah. or we could say dates like and cooked root vegetables <laughs> would be my first thing when I think of sweet foods. <laughs> yeah. Or donuts. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. So, and then sour, which we get some of. So that's like citrus, you know, lemon, um, vinegars, fermented things like sauerkraut, um, salty, which would be like, you know, celery, any, any of the salts like sea salt. Um, and then like sea veggies. So like, um, oh, you know, like, uh, the various kelps and things. Um, and then bitter, would be like dandelion root, um, cacao, coffee, chamomile, eggplant, those sorts of things. So we get a little less bitter, but we usually do really good on sweet, sour, and salty. Um, but bitters kind of help stimulate the digestion. And then pungent is the spicy. Um, and a little bit of pungent is great for pretty much all of the doshas to some degree, but then if you get too much of that, too much of that spiciness from like peppers, cinnamon, ginger, um, it really aggravates, uh, vata and pitta. And then, uh, astringent is the, uh, sixth taste and that's things that are like cooling and drying. Um, so thinking of like pomegranate, cranberries, the things that kind of make you pucker a little when you, um, have them, even like asparagus, um, black tea or green tea. Those are all good examples. And you said, so are those things that should be in all of our meals? Yeah. So what they say is by having the six tastes in every meal, you're fully nourishing your body. So there's a lot of numbers in Ayurveda, but there's um, seven bodily tissues. And so to like nourish all the levels of your tissues, you should have all of the tastes basically. Um, and so a lot of times our meals are really combined just sweet and salty with maybe a little sour, you know? Um, but if you really want to fully nourish your body, you want to really incorporate all six tastes. Um, and interesting for women is the seventh tissue, which is the hardest tissue to nourish in Ayurveda is our like reproductive tissue. Mm. Um, so getting at like hormonal imbalances and all that sort of stuff. Um, if you're not nourishing all your tissues, that's the one that generally suffers. Interesting. Very interesting. And are there certain foods or certain tastes that different doshas should be more heavy on or eat less on? Yes. So that's a really good question. So for example, sweet, I already said like kapha are those people who tend to love sweet, but that's going to aggravate kapha. So it's going to, and 
same with um, kind of the um, salty because salty causes like, and if you think of it that way, so it's hot and heavy mm-hmm. and moist. Um, so for kapha, those are probably the ones that you have to be a little more careful with. Um, for pitta, you definitely have to be careful with pungent. So if you're pitta and you're eating a lot of stuff that just makes you hot <laughs> and dry and <laughs> aggravates you, that's not going to work out so well. Um, and then for vada, astringent is a problem. Um, and sometimes, you know, um, uh, sour can even be an issue um, because and bitter, really. But astringent, if you think of things that are like light and dry, so like popcorn um, is one consideration there. So the people who are already maybe having troubles with being grounded, if they're eating this light, airy food all the time, it's just kind of aggravating their condition. So for example, like a vada would be better off, especially if they're feeling ungrounded, to have something that's really warm and nourishing and grounding, like I always think of um, like butternut squash with like ghee on it um, would be something that would be a perfectly like grounding meal for a vada. It's a really interesting way because for somebody who has really struggled with food issues, and I, I know many of our listeners have, or many just women in general have, like it's a very, very different approach to start to look at food as a way to nourish and to balance and fuel you instead of just like a good or a bad or a calorie or a number or something in that fashion. Exactly. That's what I love about Ayurveda because I've struggled with that as well. And I think it's a way to look at it in a really positive sense. And it's all about balance and all about nourishment. And there's no like, (laughs) you should only eat so many calories or like macros or any of that. Like, it's really appreciating like that your food is whole. Um, so <laughs> that's why I wasn't talking about a donut. Yeah, but, well, um, it's, talking, <laughs> it's talking about, you know, like the state of your food and the energy around your food. Um, and like, even they go into stuff about like the food that grows above the ground and is exposed to light. Like that has a different energy than food that's, you know, like root vegetables. And, um, so, it kind of brings together even like the Reiki energy and understanding energy medicine um, because you start to understand like the energy of the food also affects you, um, which is kind of a, a neat way to eat. Yeah. And just, I think it takes away kind of that thought of like good or bad, but it's just like knowing like I can eat whatever, but like maybe that's not going to serve me as well as if I eat another option. Right. Yeah. There's no like, (laughs) there's no real rules per se about like, yeah, what you can and can't eat. It's all about balance. It's just kind of you holding that power in that space and what's going to make you feel the best. Yep, exactly. And so one concept I like to talk about in Ayurveda um, is ojas. And ojas is like, it's like it it is the vital energy. Like they say it shows up as like vibrant eyes and radiance will have that glow. Right. Um, so by eating like really vital foods, you build that ojas. Um, and so a few of the things that I read that they say to build up your ojas, um, is to love yourself and others, live a healthy lifestyle and take time to appreciate the joys in life. 
which I think is just Mm. awesome. And part of that is really taking time to nourish yourself too. Um, And so being like vital and energetic and, you know, radiant, I think, you know, what you take into your body, whether it's just through the simple food, but also the energy and the thoughts and all that stuff shows up and, you know, kind of your glow. (laughs) Just like, and you happy and light. I feel like that person that that describes. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. So some of the ways they say you can actually like increase your OGIS is to laugh and smile, meditate, you know, spending more time in nature, which I love gardening as a total side note. One more thing she loves to do. I know. (laughs) That's like my total OGIS builder because I love to spend time in the garden. Um, But being creative, you know, um, kind of following your passion or, you know, following your heart builds OGIS, which, you know, we talked about this a little bit, even just doing like podcasting and blogging and that sort of stuff, like really finding your passion and being able to express it really helps build that vital energy. And it just gives you like such an intense um, surge of energy. And then just being physically active too with another um, OGIS builder. So it seems like really simple things. Like sometimes we get so bogged down with like Mm -hmm. all of this crazy stuff, but like those things are very, very simple. Yeah. Very natural. Yeah. Yes. And that's what I love about it. And the other thing about it, as far as simplicity goes, is Ayurveda is really big on daily routine. So it's called Dinacharya. And so finding things to do each day that really nourish your like spirit, your body, you know, taking time to do self-care. Um, and they see that as a way to kind of detox and just care for yourself. So a few things, and I wrote about these um, last week, is just waking up and having some warm water with a splash of lemon. So you're you know, increasing your digestion, you're getting it going. Um, and we call it stoking the digestive fire or Agni in Ayurveda. Um, and then rehydrating after sleeping all night. And then doing things like tongue scraping, where you use a metal, like tongue scraper. Um, and you basically pass over the tongue like five to seven times, scraping off the buildup that occurs there. And just by starting to pay attention to that, even that will tell you a lot about what's going on with your body and your digestion. So a lot of times we'll notice kind of a coating on the tongue, um, which nobody mm-hmm. really wants to talk about or look at. <laughs> so, but it's important. <laughs> yes, it is important. Um, so, you know, when you have like a yellowish white coating, um, that can be a sign of AMA, which is like a buildup of toxins or like metabolic byproducts. And so, removing that just through tongue scraping and being aware of it, um, is important. So, um, then oil massage, which is called Abhyanga. And this is one of my favorite things. So depending on your dosha kind of depends on the oil to use, but for example, me being Vada, I use sesame oil a lot because it's a warming oil. Um, so you just basically use sesame oil and you rub it, um, you know, all over, basically giving yourself a full massage. And while you're doing it, 
being kind to yourself. So not, you know, not judging or criticizing, mm-hmm. but just really being kind to yourself, giving yourself a daily massage. Um, Abhyanga is amazing. And so a couple things though with Abhyanga for Vata and Pittas, it's good to do it daily. Tapas actually is a little, you would want to do it a little less often and do dry brushing instead, which I love dry brushing and I do that too. Um, so that is actually using, um, you can use one of those bristle brushes, but I don't like them quite as much. Um, I like to use gloves. So I'll either use like a cotton glove or a raw silk glove and you start like at your arms and you just basically make long strokes um, up towards your armpits basically. So start at your wrists going up to your armpits then start at your ankles going up to your belly um, and around the joints doing circles and around the or on like the long parts just doing long strokes basically towards the heart. And so you do that before you shower as a way to basically exfoliate daily. Um, but it's also kind of a caring thing to do for yourself. Again, being kind to yourself while you're doing it. Um, and then you can do things like gentle movement. So yoga, um, meditation. Um, and then I love using herbal teas. So a big thing right now is all the adaptogens. Um, and I don't know if your listeners know about adaptogens, but basically they just help kind of balance things. So help with the body's kind of adaption to stress. Um, and they kind of normalize a lot of processes in the body. Um, but adaptogenic teas like Tulsi um, are really, really good as part of a daily routine. Really simple things, but in, in the simple things, I think we really start to show ourselves like how much we are valued and how much we're worth if we're just even squeezing out just a few moments of our day to dry brush, to do an oil massage, to scrape your tongue, as crazy as that sounds. Yeah. And the big take-home point is you don't have to do all of them. So doing one thing every day is wonderful. Um, sometimes I think we see a list of things and you feel like because it's a list, you have to do everything. (laughs) That's what I was thinking the whole time. I was like, okay, now how do I incorporate all of these new things into my everyday life? (laughs) Maybe that's my pitta. I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) A pitta would do it and they would do it. Yes. (laughs) To a T at the same time, every single day. (laughs) Yep. Yep. So, um, but no, the take home point is you know, think what really, what speaks to you, you know, what things would fit in your lifestyle and what things would help bring you into balance. And that may change seasonally, right? Like in the winter, my skin gets really dry. So an oil massage in the winter is fabulous. In the summer, you know, I may not do that, but I may instead do, you know, dry brushing or whatever, but you can change it seasonally. You can change it based on the day. The big thing is getting into a daily routine where you're taking some time for yourself. That's, yeah, I think that, I mean, that's so much, there's so much hype, thankfully, right now about that, like in the best way possible is finding little ways to do self-care. And that doesn't mean being extravagant with it. It just means, like you said, like having a morning routine, having something easy you can Mm -hmm. add in. Yeah. I love it. 
So what are some way, I mean, you gave some great tips. Like if somebody was searching out, like what if they wanted to explore this a little bit more? Yeah. So the Himalayan Institute is where I trained and I think they have fantastic information online. Um, so if you just Google Himalayan, Himalayan Institute in Ayurveda, basically, um, you'll come up with that. Also Banyan is a manufacturer of a lot of Ayurvedic products, but they have a lot of really good articles and even dosha quizzes and all that stuff online. So <clears throat> those are my two kind of go-to websites. Awesome. And I like to add like some questions at the end. So are you ready to be, to be annihilated with these wonderful questions? <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm ready. <laughs> okay. They're not that bad. I promise. Um, so you talked about a daily routine. Do what is your morning or evening routine look like? Ooh, good question. My evening routine is basically nursing my son <laughs> until he goes to bed. It's very different from a new mom. <laughs> yes. My morning routine is a little better. So usually I'll get up and I love my Muse headband. So I use that for meditation pretty much every morning. And it's nice because you can adjust the time. So sometimes I have five minutes to meditate and sometimes I have mm-hmm. 20 minutes, you know, which is very rare. <laughs> but Few and far anyway, between. I yeah, I get up and I meditate with my views. Um, I'll usually have some warm water with or without lemon. And then I'll take my vitamins or supplements. Um, then I'll often do some stretching. Um, and then I get ready and I shower. Um, lately, I've been into doing the hot and cold shower, which I'm not sure how I feel about it yet. Uh... But basically doing like the, you know, at the end, like, 20 seconds of warm, 20 seconds of cold and going back and forth a few times. And I mean, it definitely wakes you up, but I just don't like cold. (laughs) I'm tempted to try, but it's just so cold in the winter. Like I just, I don't know if I can stomach myself to do it. I know that's my husband started doing it. And so I've been doing it, but yeah, I'm not cold. (laughs) It's a process. But that's basically my routine. Yeah. Yeah. So otherwise, though, then I just feed my son again and get ready for work. So sounds like a pretty solid routine there. I'm sure changes from day to day. Oh, yeah, (laughs) definitely. Do you have an app that you meditate with or a a resource that you use or on your own? Do you meditate? So like build into the Muse app, they have some guided meditations. And I did those at first. Um, When I first got it, I thought they were fun. Now I actually just do my own so I just have it on like silent um but the cool thing about the muse is it's like weather sound so like based on what your mind's doing like (laughs) I heard someone say it either sounds like a category for hurricane or you're like like just hearing birds chirp you know so sometimes I get on and it's a category for hurricane but then sometimes (laughs) it's really nice you'll hear just like little waves and when you hear the birds chirp, it means you're like in the calm state. Um, so your goal is that you want to hear a lot of birds chirping. Um, I like to do that. So I'll do like mantra meditation while I sit there um, using like a mala where you go around and, you know, repeat a word. Um, and that actually gets me into that calm state, like the fastest. And I can stay there because if I'm saying a word, I'm not thinking about other stuff. Um, 
because my brain's really focused on what I'm saying and touching the mala and like moving the beads. That's a really good tip because that's the one thing that I struggle with so much in meditation is honestly like holding a focus. So that's a that's an awesome tip for everyone. Yes, I have a very hard time with that as well. (laughs) What is your favorite way to unplug? Ooh, going out in nature. So I love being outside. And one of the kind of random things I do is I like to swim in the summer. And we live on the Mississippi River, basically on a lake. And so I like to swim up the river and back. (laughs) And it's like the ultimate unplug because all you see is like the waves and, you know, maybe boats going by, but there's definitely no phones and it's just really peaceful. And I think, I don't know, there's something about just being out in the sun and watching the, and in the water. And yeah, that's my, that sounds wonderful. What is your superpower? Ooh, (laughs) see that one's not as easy. I know. That's a really good question. I kind of want to say. Yeah, I think it is. (laughs) I I feel everything. I think that's a wonderful superpower. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. I would say gardening or maybe just being a lifelong learner. That that too. Yeah, I would also get that one to you as well. And I yeah. always ask then to everyone, what does being fierce mean to you? Ooh, I think showing up and being yourself and not taking crap from mm-hmm. anyone. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Being in your, in your body, using your voice, being your true self. Just totally embracing that. Yeah. Awesome. And Amy, where can everyone find you? Um, the best place to find me is probably on my new website. So it's amysapola.com or you can find me. I'm most active on Instagram and, uh, Facebook. And I'll put everything in the show notes so they can go and check everything out and read all your blogs. Cause she has really, really great information in all of her blog posts that she's been doing about Ayurveda and a zillion million other things too. So it's really fun to read and to, to learn from the woman who always wants to learn more. <laughs> thank you that's I heard yesterday at a retreat I was at that you teach what you need to learn oh and that was so powerful to me and I've been thinking about it ever since I'm like yes this is so true oh, it's so, I I love when I hear those little things every once in a while like those like quick little blurps that somebody says that like resonates so strongly with you yeah, that's as soon as she said it, I was like, what? Yes, like, exactly. Why have I not? And it's like yeah. those things is like, why have I not <laughs> thought of this before? Like, it makes so much yes. sense. Yes. Yeah. This was such a pleasure, Amy. I could sit and chat with you all day long. And you have to come back on and share everything else about everything else you're involved in. Cause I want to know about <laughs> Reiki and more about functional medicine and gardening and everything else. Absolutely. I'd love to come back. This was really fun. Oh, good. Well, thank you so much. <laughs>